are listening to the 90 Days Later podcast with Anna Charles, episode 84. Welcome to the 90 Days Later podcast, where I show you how to stop over drinking in 90 days without missing out on life. If you're not an alcoholic, but fed up with saying yes to a drink when you mean to say no, you're in the right place. Hi all, and welcome back to the podcast. Now, before we get started today... I wanted to let you know I have some slots that have just opened up in my coaching calendar because I've had a number of clients graduate with newly transformed relationships around alcohol. I am so thrilled for them. But this means it's an opportunity for you if you're listening to this. So if you know you want to change your drinking, but if you've been wondering when is the best time To take action, I have the answer for you right now. Because every day that you continue as you are, and if every day you continue to drink in response to cravings, I want to let you know you are not standing still. You are actually taking yourself further from your goal because every day you're reinforcing the habit, right? You are strengthening the drink reward response. You're teaching yourself that when you feel a craving to drink, you drink. But you have the choice now to drop that narrative and to take different action. So if you are ready to transform your relationship with alcohol, if you just want this done, then do yourself a favour and let's talk. On our call, which by the way is free, you'll tell me where you are and what you've tried. And then actually on that call, I will build the exact plan to get you to your goal. Whatever you decide, right, you're going to leave the call better informed and you'll know what help is open to you. You can find my calendar at https90dayslater.co. Right, so that was that bit of advertising, just because I've got the open slots now. And it's actually a rather neat and unplanned segue into today's podcast. I actually plan my podcast topics way ahead of time. I didn't know this was how I was going to introduce today's session, but it just so happens that today I'm talking about taking responsibility, right? Which is just what I was saying about booking yourself some time so you can get started. Anyhow, let's get started with the podcast on taking responsibility. We have an expression in the UK that something can be a bit marmite. Now, this is because there's a spread called Marmite and it's actually yeast extract, which sounds disgusting, I understand. But you spread this stuff on bread, on toast. Right? I like it in sandwiches with cheddar cheese. Hmm? Now, that's my Britishness really coming out there for anyone who's wrinkling your nose. Yes, I do like that melted cheese and Marmite. Anyhow, I think Marmite is delicious, but many others think it's disgusting It's one of those things where you tend to align around one of the two camps, right? You love it or you hate it. There's no middle ground. Hence the expression, something is a bit Marmite. Now, the reason I have started the podcast talking about Marmite, there is a link, it's coming, is that I actually think that the idea of taking responsibility can be a bit Marmite, right? More and more, this is what I see. There are those people who see themselves as those who take responsibility and sometimes even for things that 
they maybe couldn't or it's debatable whether they should be held responsible for. And then there are those people who seem to have endless reasons why they can't be held responsible. Now, just me saying this may be a little bit triggering for some of you. You might think I'm saying there's a right and a wrong way to be responsible or that you always have to be responsible for everything. I'm not and there isn't. But I do believe that having a strong sense of self-responsibility is a life skill that will serve you well. And also that it's unbelievably important to see yourself as 100% responsible for yourself, you and no one else. Why? Because it changes how we show up. It changes the action we take. It changes the results we create for ourselves. I have a little story I want to tell you. When I was about nine, I wanted this doll. I remember it cost two pounds. It was a it was a Cindy doll, which is a bit like the UK's version of Barbie. So I wanted this doll, two pounds. And that was a huge amount of money to me, huge. Now, it wasn't my birthday and Christmas was a long way off but I so wanted that doll. I saw it in a mail order catalogue that my nanny used to get, right? And I spent hours poring over it, thinking, you know, I really want that doll. And then in the end, I she decided I was going to get it. So I saved up my pocket money. I did little extra odd jobs and things like that. And in the end, I managed to save enough to buy the doll. My nanny ordered and paid for it, but, you know, I paid her back. And I remember turning up at her house with a bag full of one and two P pieces, all the coppers, as my mum would say. I still remember how heavy all those coins felt, right? I paid for this out of my own saved up money. And I loved and I treasured that doll more than any other I ever had. But, right, looking at it from the outside, it was just a doll, as I said, I had other dolls. I had probably had more expensive ones than that. I remember I certainly had a much larger one than that. But no doll ever came close to how I felt about that Cindy doll. Now, the thing that made her different was how I that I had bought her, which again wasn't as simple as just paying for it. I had assumed full responsibility for the acquisition of it. So I had completely different feelings about that doll because of the responsibility I had assumed for myself at the age of nine to go out and get this thing that to start with had seemed like you know an impossible quest at that age. Now you've probably got a similar story yourself and I want you to have a think about that where you really stepped into self-responsibility and here's where it gets really interesting the reason I told that story. Just imagine If you were to take that level of responsibility for yourself, if you were looking after yourself and treasuring yourself and making sure you were taken care of by you as much as I did, right, with that Cindy doll, imagine if you were assuming full responsibility for everything you do, think, say and feel, all of it, because that is open to you right now, to all of us. That's our privilege as adult humans. Everything I do is on me and everything I think is down to me. 
No one else can do my thinking for me, however much they might think that they can or like to think that they can. Only I can speak my words. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you'll know that we 100% each create our own feelings. So just imagine how powerful you would feel if you could look at all that stuff and be responsible for it, warts and all. But we don't always do that. And it's not because we're lazy or because we're bad people. It's often because we don't see that we actually are responsible. We assume we are thinking, feeling or acting a certain way because of things that are happening around us and to us. Because that's the way we've been taught, right? That's just what you do. Now, when coaching people, I look out for when my clients use the passive voice. And if you're thinking right now, what on earth does she mean by the passive voice? I'm a bit of a grammar nut. I'm talking about when we say things like he made me or she made me or they made me or my boss made me or the film made me as in it made me feel so angry. She made me feel so frantic. My boss made me feel so tired. The film made me feel so angry. He made me feel like I was such a loser when he reminded me of all the times I've tried to change my drinking before but failed. Or they made me feel like I was missing out from all the fun by calling me a party pooper. Right? In each of these cases, what we're talking about and referring to is as though there's something outside of us that's in charge of how we think, feel and act. Instead of seeing it as the fact that I make me feel or do something, right? Where I am the subject doing the taking the action. So I want you to listen to the makeup of all of those sentences I've just read out, right? It's the idea that this thing, the film or the person, for instance, my friends made you feel a certain way. She made me feel this way rather than I made me myself feel it. It's the complete opposite of self-responsibility. It's the complete opposite of something like, I made myself feel like I was missing out by how I viewed my orange juice. Now you can tell me, no, Anna, you're wrong, right? You can see your friend really was responsible for making you feel bad with all the mean things they said. Or if anyone heard those things, they'd react the way that you did. Now, that other person, if you've got a friend who's saying these, is what you view to be mean words, they are 100% for sure responsible for speaking the words, but they are not responsible for your response ever. They cannot be. This is a 100% an inside job. And we know this because you could agree with them that you're a party pooper because you're only drinking orange juice, or you could believe they're totally wrong. It's up to you. And the best bit, you don't even need any evidence for this. You can just decide what you want to think. And this matters a lot. Because when you make someone else responsible for how you are feeling, you are giving your power away. You need those other people to be or to act in a certain way in order for you to feel or act a certain way, right? You need them to be supportive so that then you'll act and feel supported. You can go to feeling supported whatever anyone else does. 
when you own it, when you fully own that I'm responsible for me, then it's up to you and no one else. It won't matter whatever is happening outside of you. You can just decide for you right now how you want to feel and how you're going to act. And why is that so important? Because if you feel someone is making you feel bad and you drink in response to that negative feeling, you are giving that someone control of your drinking too. And then we feel things like helpless. We say things like, well, he said that to me and of course I'm going to drink when I hear that. So how can I be responsible for my results as long as he's going around saying that stuff? It triggers me, right? When we're feeling helpless, we don't back ourselves and we don't end up looking for and seeking solutions. Instead, we blame and then we fall into victim mode. Right, blaming ourselves, I want to say, is not the same as accepting responsibility. Now, I see most people, when they blame what they're doing, they're, they're doing one of three things. They're blaming something external. For instance, the wine tastes too good. They're blaming their personality. I'm an all or nothing person. I don't have an off switch. Right, We see these things as if it's just factually who we are from our core or they'll blame their DNA oh it's just in my family tree and my mum always struggled with her drinking so of course I do these reasons I will offer are demoralizing I believed a version of these for so long and this is when you feel hopeless and helpless okay you might think so what am I supposed to do I can't delete all the wine in the world right that is so tempting it just tastes too good for me. I can't change my family tree. Right? So what am I going to do, right? And I, and you can feel stuck. So that's why it's important again to realise responsibility and how we're reacting in the world is not outside of us. It's all to do with how we think about these things. And for that, you are again totally responsible. Now, I will say... There are times when we likely do not want to feel responsible for ourselves. If we've made a big mistake, for instance, if we've said mean things ourselves right, to somebody else, any time really when we just want to rewind the clock. But those are the times when it's most important to lean into self-responsibility because those are the times when we're likely going to feel discomfort and when we're going to want to distance ourselves from how we're feeling. And because what's the go-to way we've taught ourselves to distance ourselves from this stuff? Yep, you got it. We drink, which then just makes us feel bad that we're drinking again. So we blame the wine or our partner for buying the wine and then we're off stuck in that same old loop again, right? You see how you can step into it and you get kind of stuck in it. But when you learn to stand up for yourself, to accept yourself and love yourself, however much you might wrinkle your nose at the idea of loving yourself, all right, being compassionate to yourself and backing yourself even when things go wrong, right? When you are willing to feel 100% responsible for you, it is the most empowering feeling. It's not comfortable, can be not comfortable at all. But there is a world of difference in how you will act if you're feeling empowered versus if you are feeling helpless. I know this 
from working with my many clients, right? When they're feeling empowered, we don't see a drink happening. We just don't. It's just not in our future. Whereas when we're feeling helpless or when we're feeling hopeless, it's almost as though drinking becomes a foregone conclusion. So that's why taking responsibility matters so very, very much. So it's come to your favourite bit of the podcast, your homework, and you can take what I've been talking about and put it into action. Because we've spoken about many times on the podcast, there is a huge difference between just learning and applying. You've got to take action. So here are some very simple things you can do today or this week. I want you to start by doing an inventory. I want you to notice, this is very simple, notice whenever you talk or think about such and such made me, right? Well, he just made me. Or if you talk, you know, you get home from work and you're talking about your day and my boss made me or feel whatever it is. It's a really obvious sign, right? That we are giving away how we feel responsibility to someone else. I want you to write down your most common ones that you most commonly say. Then I want you to ask, is it true? Is ask, is it true that this other thing or this other person is making you act in a certain way? I mean, really, is it true? And then I want you to finally ask what you are actually responsible for in that moment. And note, this also works. If someone claims you're responsible for something in their world, in their eyes, right? And rather than leaping to your own defence, I mean, I used to do that a lot. I get defensive for it, even evaluated the whole situation. Someone said, what's your fault, Anna? You know, you made me blah, blah, blah. I want you to ask, am I responsible? Or even ask, what piece of this am I responsible for? And just asking yourself these questions can show you insights you wouldn't have otherwise seen. I am not saying that you are then taking responsibility for how someone else reacted or how someone else felt, right? That's 100% on them. But this can be a very useful exercise to lean in to where we're actually responsible. Maybe you did say something that the other person could have uh, registered or reacted to. And, you know, this is an opportunity for you to look at, is that how you want to be showing up? Maybe you're fine with it and maybe you're not. But it's, again, it's an opportunity for us to see how we are showing up in the world and then asking, is that what, how we want to be? Yes, no. Or, you know, if we want to change that. And then I want you to ask yourself how you show up when you act from full responsibility versus from when you feel a bit victim-y, you feel a bit put upon, right? How do you show up? What action do you take? How do you feel about yourself? That will be so illustrative because how we feel in those moments is going to determine how we act. And if this is happening at the end of the day, when it's kind of drinking time, it can make all the difference between whether you reach for the drink or whether you don't, or whether you stick to your plan, whatever that is, or whether you don't. So give it a go. You may not find this easy at first, but like any new process or behavioural habit, you will become more skilled in time. Right, that's it for this week. But don't forget, if you have decided you want to be done with this drinking thing, I can help. I will teach you how to navigate life in a way that will not have you reaching for the wine to feel better because something has triggered you. 
Instead, I'll show you how to feel responsible for understanding how you triggered yourself. I'll show you how to learn from it and how to create more empowerment for yourself in all areas of your life than you ever thought possible. So go to 90dayslater.co and click on the book or call button. All right, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you next time. If you like what you're learning in the podcast and you want to take the work further and achieve total freedom around alcohol, let's talk. I help my clients stop reaching for that first glass of wine the moment 6pm rolls around and they don't miss out on life. And we do it in 90 days. The effect is permanent. Email me for more information on anna at 90dayslater.co. And if you did enjoy the show, I'd really appreciate if you'd leave a rating and review to help others find the 90 Days Later podcast.